Hey guys, welcome to another Horror Apocalypse. Uh, you've got your host Michael and my co-host Ian. How's it going, guys? Hey guys, uh, today we are bringing you another episode of Benefit or Detriment, and this uh, may be the final episode for the year. I think we're going to do these in installments of three at a time so we can get into our regular layout. Um, but today we will be talking about Saw and all of its many, many, Fantastic many... Fantastic qualities. Sequels. Anyway, um... But let's let's get some uh, into new stuff out of the way first. Uh, Ian, what uh, what has your horror side quest been this week? Well, I have actually spent some time looking up different horror movies that we could use for this, realizing that ninety percent of horror movies that have sequels make me want to gouge my eyes out after the opening credits. Um, went and got a Friday the Thirteenth tattoo. It's it's a paper boat. It's nothing specific. It's not spiffy. It's from it. I can say it's from it. Yeah, you know, I was uh, after you invited me, and I passed on it because I was <laughs> I spent money on buying our space on Podbean so we can actually upload these things. Um, I was looking through it and I saw some really nice uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Thirteenth uh, for those those of you that don't know, tattoo shops a lot of them will run Friday the Thirteenth specials, and on Friday the Thirteenth you can get uh, little tiny flash tattoos uh, for you know severely discounted amounts thirteen dollars you know twenty three dollars something along those lines but i saw a bunch one was pennywise and it mm-hmm. was the the red hair the red for the the smile from the new pennywise not not the original and i started thinking man that'd be kind of cool to get because that's like that old um seaman seaman style sorry that sounds bad that old sea folk style <laughs> and um It'd be kind of cool to, to do like a bar or even a, a like a bracelet ring or something of all the, the classics heads, you know, Hell Priest, uh, Jason, Pennywise, mm-hmm. Chucky, all of them just kind of in a, in a line or something. I thought that'd be really cool. Well, that's like the shop I went to. Actually, they had um, the little clown face. They had Jason's mask. They had the balloon. And you could see um, they didn't have it in the smaller piece, the $13 one. They had it in the $31 one, the hand holding the balloon. Nice, nice. So, they had some pretty good themed ones. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, what else? What, what else have you been up to? Like I said, other than wanting to gouge my eyes out seeing how many of these have sequels that should have never <laughs> been created, along with the first one not needing to be created, that's, yeah. Well, speaking of gouging your eyes out, what did, uh, what did you think when you came in today and saw the movie I was watching? Oh, good God. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What movie was it again? Do you remember? Oh my god, what the hell was it called? Like Party Bus to Hell or exactly. something? Oh exactly. good Jesus. It wasn't it uh, wasn't horrible if you are going to be a misogynistic pig and just look at all the, the hot naked ladies. Other than boobs. that exactly. <laughs> Other than that, it was just, it was horrible. It was like a Cinemax uh nine, ten o'clock at night type movie. It wasn't great. Well again, my first word was Ooh, kinky. <laughs> so I I didn't know it was a movie. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, speaking of movies, there is one coming up um, that I personally cannot wait for. Um, it is uh, William Friedkin, the director from uh, Exorcist. Okay. He has um, he's been invited by um, Father Amorth, who is the Vatican's exorcist, to actually go along and see an actual exorcism, or 
what the Vatican considers an actual exorcism. Um, there is a movie coming out called The Devil and Father Amorth, and it is it's a documentary really of William Friedkin going with Father Amorth to this um, exorcism. Uh, we'll go ahead and cut in a, a little bit of the audio from the trailer right now. At the time I directed the film The Exorcist, I had never seen the real thing. But on May 1st, 2016, Father Gabriella Amort, the Vatican exorcist, invited me to witness an actual exorcism. I had no idea what to expect. The more you open yourself to thinking about this stuff, and you start feeling about this stuff, the more room you allow for the supernatural power of evil to come in. If we don't understand it, that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. There's a dimension to this world that is strange and beyond our capacity to control. Can I know how to treat it? No. So something is happening to her, it's clear. But maybe she puts into it the religious context in which she grew up. Because they believe, obviously, they know what's wrong with her. She's possessed by the devil. I think that's a very dangerous thing, getting in close quarters with the devil. People like Father Amorth maybe can do that. I would never dare do it. This is not fiction. It's different from all the movies. And I was there to film it. So, what did you think? Oh, good God. Yes. <laughs> I know. I, I, I love... Um, any any kind of movie that deals with possession and exorcism and mm -hmm. religious horror, I think, is probably one of my favorites. Anything that has that kind of religious overtone, Hellraiser, Exorcist, um, even even to go a little bit further, things like Poltergeist, where they they bring in or not Poltergeist, sorry, Amityville, where they bring in the priest to bless mm -hmm. the house because it's it's evil, things like that. I just that's my favorite. I don't know what it is about it. And a long time ago, I think I. I when I was first getting into horror, um, even in the in the high school level, I wrote paper a paper on what I thought um, my love for that came from, and it was that it's probably the closest to real horror that you can find that could possibly be because you drive past churches every day, you'll deal with religion in some manner every day. I don't know how many times at my job people come in and they pay their bill, and when they turn around they walk out have a blessed day. You know, I mean. Things like that you deal with with religion on an almost daily basis, so I think that's why it, it kind of resonates with me is because we deal with it so much. And it still sticks true to the original thought of horror. It's inescapable. Yeah. When it's supernatural, there's nothing you can do about it. Yep, exactly. So now... Um, but anyway, that, that's what's kind of been my side quest. I've, I've been checking out a lot of new horror movies. Um, just watched uh, Deep Deep Blue Sea 2 today. We watched, uh, well, I watched You Got the Tail End of Party Bus from Hell. Uh, no pun intended. Right. Uh. Um, it's there's, there's a lot coming out on the horizon that I'm really, really looking forward to. This, uh, Marvel has a, a superhero movie uh, coming out that's got a bit of a horror twist to it with New mm -hmm. Mutants. Um, really looking forward to that, which I'll, I'll show you the trailer when we're done here. Um, 
But anyway, speaking of trailers, let's jump right into this. Let's go ahead and uh, start our discussions on Saw. Oh. Someone there? I can hear you. Who is that? Who's in there? Jigsaw likes to book himself front row seats to his own sick games. He doesn't want us to cut through our chains. He wants us to cut through our feet. Most people are so ungrateful to be alive. Not anymore. You are a drug addict. Do you think that is why he picked you? He helped me. Don't believe Adam's lies. That was the trailer for Saw One, um, which you can you can say that if you want, but I personally think Saw One was fantastic. It, Saw One was the only good one in my yes, opinion. It it pretty much revolutionized um, the the horror genre for that that year. You know, it it was something new, it was something different, and it really tested the the boundaries for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Tell tell us what you liked about it. Um. The one thing that really got to me was the fact that it was all... It was those two characters. They were there, and it was left down to... It was his choice, whether he got out, whether he could break the morals, and it was kind of the power of the mind. Like, it followed the mind over matter. Can you ignore what you've always been raised to believe to be wrong to save yourself? How so? It... Everyone's always raised to believe the self-mutilation is the sin or that sin. Again, to get back into the religion thing, it's against this will, it's against that, whatever. And after Adam woke up and dropped the key, the only way to get out was to mutilate yourself and remove your own foot to get out of the room. Yeah, I I liked um, a lot of what this movie brought to you in, in the horror genre. There was a really nice twist, and I'll have to double-check the, the release times, but pretty sure this was right around um, Sixth Sense, where we were getting a lot of these surprise twists. Uh, it may have followed in tracks of Sixth Sense, I'm not 100% sure, so forgive me, hardcore fanatics, I, I don't remember, but um, I think it we didn't see that twist coming. 
and that's that's something that I really really enjoyed even going back and watching it this was like my third time watching Saw 1 now even now sitting back and, and watching it and looking at the screen intently you know looking for some kind of twitch or movement or change there was nothing and I am you know I'm one of those people when it comes to continuity mm-hmm. I will spot when that glass is the fluid in the glass is changing levels. I'll know when the it's buttoned a little bit differently or the pants are a different length on them. That's that's what I do. I can't help but notice that. I didn't see any of that in this movie. Um, it was it was almost like they kind of filmed it in a day. You know, mm-hmm. the um, Tobin laid down in the middle of the room. You had uh, Carrie on one side, and I forget the guy who played Adam on the other side. And it was like they just said, "All right, Tobin, don't move," and he didn't. He was, for all intents and purposes, a dead guy in in that filming scene, and I loved it. Um, now, the, it's it's a little hard to discuss these movies in order of release: one, two, three, four, all all down the line. Because technically they're not in order. Um, this is something that I, I realized when I was going back and I was um, kind of reviewing these and, and looking at timelines and trying to match it up and, and doing our research. Um, it, you can actually take these movies, uh, dissect them into different parts, and then reassemble it into a chronological movie with no cutaways and go to the end. But you're going to get movies for the first part from part one, part two, part three, all the way through. Even Jigsaw has scenes that would work into the the lore or the, the timeline of part one and on. I mean, it's they I will give them props on that. Now, I don't know if that was planned. I don't know if it just happened to work out that way. And they said, hey, you remember when they did this in part one? Well, let's explain that now in the fact that they're filming part seven. You know, mm-hmm. it was I, I'm not exactly sure how that that all came about. But um, part one for me was by far the best in the series. Uh, Definitely. It, it brought a lot to the table. And I'm, I'm very, I'm very glad I, that it did. Um, now, as, as you mentioned, the Adam and Lawrence were in this room. Adam is a photographer that Jigsaw hires um, to kind of go around and, and do various things, like photograph um, Lawrence going in and out of the, the motel room where it's assumed that he's having an affair. And you can you can kind of see that I, I guess he has had an affair at some point with this, um, was it his nurse or something that he worked with? Um, but eventually it, it leads to Lawrence um, and Adam being locked in this room together. And, uh, for some reason, um, Lawrence's wife and daughter are kind of forced to watch as well on a closed circuit TV, the, the, everything that's, that's playing out in this room. And then of course we're, we're bouncing back and forth between this and, um, various other people who Jigsaw put into traps that they had to work their way out of and, and so on. And there were some pretty good ones in this one. Uh, I think this was the one that had, uh, the rather large guy who had to crawl his way through barbed wire to, to get out the other side and certain things like that. Um, the traps were inventive. Um, Definitely. But like, like Devil Bunny says, you know, this 
she loves this series uh, hands down. I love mm. the um, Final, Final Destination. Destination. Mm-hmm. And it's for the same reasons, but she doesn't like the Final Destinations as much as I do, and I can't stand the Saw series after, like, part two. So, And it's because there was nothing really new brought to the story. But at the same time, that's, you know... Uh, uh, Final Destination. There's nothing really new brought to the story either. It's just how many inventive ways can death try to catch up to these people. And that's pretty much what this movie is as well, is how many inventive ways can Jigsaw uh, punish these, or have these people punish themselves, I guess is the correct way to say it. Um, so I did like that, that aspect of it. Yeah, but my one big issue with that, and that's something that I've always kind of argued whenever the Final Destination versus Saw argument comes up, is that in Saw there's seven movies now that I've seen the same trap a few times. It's just, okay, well, this movie's futuristic, so instead of metal, it's lasers. And that was their, ooh, I'm being inventive and creating something new. That's something that I kind of got bored with. That was Jigsaw? I The the end of Jigsaw? I believe it was in Jigsaw. Because I, I need to be honest here. Um, I sat down and I watched these movies and by the time I reached uh, Jigsaw I couldn't do it anymore yeah, <laughs> I like I've said I gave up after I think it was part 3 Yeah, I've seen bits and pieces and Facebook gives a lot of death scenes yeah I went through like um, 2 or 3 movies a day and it was it was rough I mean I was, I was having a hard time near the end because it just wasn't it wasn't holding my attention i just didn't care um like you said it was the same thing over and over um but i mean to kind of put that in perspective like uh saw for example is um rated i think it was a 7.6 and they just steadily went down after that uh even jigsaw that just came out was uh, a 5.8 uh, on imdb rating so um they they slowly went down and i don't think one peaked any higher than the 7.6 so but um let's let's move on because we got a lot of uh, movies to cover and uh, unfortunately we're already about 15 minutes into this but um saw 2 for example um this one was actually made less than a year after the first one they kind of realized that they had a cash cow they jumped right into it they made another one uh it took four million dollars to make it and it made over 147 million dollars i wish it is probably one of the most successful stories uh, in this entire franchise. Um, it starts with, uh, I believe it's Michael in a trap, and it's a death mask. Um, mm-hmm. There's way, way too many fast cuts, as always. And that I didn't have a huge problem with it in Saw 1 because it was new, it was fresh, so this was of the filming style. I had to get used to it. It didn't detract from it. Uh, from the rest of the movie for me but even in part two there was just way too much of it and um it was uh it it was a lot of back and forth and up and down and back and forth up down left right up down right right back forth i just i couldn't get it and it was it's part of why i hated the transformers movies michael bay's way of filming it just sucks and that it was kind of this that those fast cuts were horrible i hated mm-hmm. them but um there were way too many fast cuts uh always and, and chops and and um i what I, I loved about this one was the the first trap i think it was the first trap the the key was hidden in his own eye 
he had to, to gouge out his own eye to get to the key. I thought that was freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, uh, Donnie Wahlberg is this troubled cop, Eric, who uh, actually ends up playing a major role throughout the, the series. Uh, and he's got that beautiful partner, Allison. Um, they track John to a factory uh, that the lock was made at, um, that they found on uh, Michael's death mask. Um, they get him... They get to the factory, they, they break down, they're all set to, to run in and arrest him and find out that the factory itself is actually trapped. So anyway, it's they get there, John's just kind of hanging out in the kitchen, eating breakfast, uh, he's attached uh, to an IV, um, and just reading a good book. It it was kind of ridiculous in, in my aspect. You know, these people are coming in, they're um, going to put you in prison for a very long time, and you're just chilling out with a good book of... Uh, probably little women and a bottle of oat or a bowl of oatmeal i mean come on it's it didn't it didn't make sense in the very beginning um so at at this point uh john reveals eight monitors um with people in their own game uh sort of trapped in this house and eric's son is actually one of the people trapped in the house with them so this this kind of gives um uh some buy-in for Eric. Why is why is he so tied to this now? Um, we also find out that it was actually Dr. Lawrence from the first movie um, that diagnosed uh, John with having cancer, that inoperable brain cancer um, that he's slowly dying for. Um, we also find out that Eric is a dirty cop. Um, and each person in the trap that, uh, John has, is kind of orchestrated, uh, Eric put there or put in prison because of, uh, falsifying evidence and, and such. So, and shaky cam. Oh my God. Do I hate shaky cam? Uh, remember, uh, Larry that we used to review mm-hmm. movies for us with, with, uh, an old website that we had, um, him and I used to have that battle cry our kingdom for a shaky cam or for a steady cam. Because I, I can't stand it. I hate when they, they make that little motion and try to make it look like things are going by really quick. And they're just basically shaking the camera. I can't stand it. Um, but John tells him, uh, tells uh, Eric at the beginning of this, uh, if you're patient and you just basically listen to this story, um, your son will be safe. You know, just uh, you just need to be patient. And um, Eric, of course, doesn't. Eric's a hot-headed cop who tries to take, you know, wants to control everything and now that he's uh come up with john who can't you know uh or he can't control everything because john has been so meticulously planned for this and and had everything taken care of and and planned out and and done ahead of time that it kind of knocked eric uh backwards Mm -hmm. so um at one point uh, he runs into the monitor room and he's looking at something and I forget exactly what it is. Uh, he just kind of flips and runs out and goes to attack, uh, John and he's beating the hell out of him. And they, they figure out that, um, John offers him a chance to go see his son. And he's like, yeah, let's, let's do it. Come to find out this quote unquote kitchen was actually an elevator and the whole thing just starts going downstairs. Um, they go to the the house where everything is supposed to be happening um and i mean we're just going to go ahead and spoil it. it it continues on and on 
there's a bunch of uh, crap. Nothing really happens. John turns out to be in a in a trap himself, and then at the very end, the safe that was in the the room with um, or not John is in the trap. I'm sorry, guys. I'm just so uh, flighty right now. It's been a while since I've actually watched this one, but um, the room that John was in, the it opens up and Eric's uh, son is in the safe. And he's got an oxygen tank, and that's what it was. It was on a time delay, and that's what uh, John was saying to Eric. If you're just patient, you'll see your son again. And it was. It was in that room with them at the factory. And if they had just waited, boom, everything would have come out. <laughs> There's your son. You're good to go. But John knew that Eric would never go for that, and Eric would never sit still long enough for this to happen, for that everything to come out. So, I'm sorry, I've monopolized this whole thing. What, what can oh, you... No, 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 you can continue. Like I said, <laughs> I I was able to make it through most of part two, the opening credits of part three, and then I kind of give up. All right. So, okay. from here on, it's going to be you. Well, all right, then we'll, we'll make this a quick one. <laughs> I was going to say, I will say, though, when it gets into part two, that the entire factory that they had walked into pretty much was the trap. It wasn't so much just, okay, you've already been kidnapped, you've been put into this one lock, like, safe room almost, like the 1999 Cube, and you're set off, like, destitute from the rest of existence, and now you're getting out. They just walked into this factory that they thought was abandoned, and they found that one of the locks from the previous one was made. Now you've walked into one. It didn't so much take grabbing them, taking them out, finding the wrongdoings they walked into one yeah yeah that was also something kind of new that i liked that's about it though well let's just jump to, to saw three and, and i'm sorry guys and i know with hellraiser and with our friday the 13th series we we kind of talked a lot about each individual movie and it was because we really enjoyed them <laughs> i mean let's be honest saw it's got some great moments but that's about it you know yeah. um Saw 3, for example, is, I believe, the highest grossing of the entire series. Uh, that pulled in $164 million. Um, It picks up immediately where Part 2 left off, which I did kind of like that aspect. Um, part 2 kind of ended, Part 3 immediately picks right up. Okay, so what I don't understand so much about this one was one of the first traps. We've got uh, this guy who's chained up. He's uh, tied to a wall through chains, and he's got these giant metal rings uh, pierced through his flesh. And the way that he is to escape this and to stop this uh, dirty bomb from going off is to uh, rip himself off of these rings um, and, and get to the bomb and, and do this, this thing here. Um, but two of the rings are in the Achilles of his heel, and he rips them out. How is he still standing after tearing his Achilles? Hollywood logic. I, I hate when you say that, but no, it's unfortunately it's true. It's it's not, uh, it's not that. It's just they think we're stupid, you know. And unfortunately, there's a lot of us that know how the anatomy works, and we know that you tear our Achilles, we're dropping, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care how much adrenaline you have running through your body. Without your Achilles, you. That doesn't drop, you know, the tendon shooting from your ankle to your kneecap. It right. Don't have control of a leg. This is this is one though that we find out uh, when the cops come in to investigate this scene because they they eventually find it, of course. Um, and when they come in, we we find out that these traps aren't by John at this point though. 
Um, and that's because we can tell that these traps are designed to kill people, not give them a choice. They're just st straight out designed to kill people. So when this guy, for example, was ripping the rings from his, his body, it didn't matter. Even if he got out of those rings, got to the, the, I call it a dirty bomb. It's basically like shrapnel and nails and all kinds of other stuff in there. But once he gets there, even if he is able to defuse that, they welded the door shut. He was going to die in that room of starvation. There was just no way he was getting out and surviving. That's how we knew at this point that it wasn't John. Um, the, this is also seen with um, Allison's trap. She's one of the, the detectives that... Uh, actually, you remember her from part two. She's uh, Eric's partner. Um, her trap was designed... She has to reach into this vat of acid and get the key to open up uh, her... Uh, contraption so she can get out she got the key she destroyed her hand and got the key excuse me got the key but the trap still killed her even after she used the key and got out it still ripped her rib cage open and um this was uh by the end of this one i believe it is we find out jigsaw and his apprentice amanda are dead by the end they're dead which is great to me i'm like fantastic this was a great saw trilogy i liked where they went with this um kind of showed how john had this plan he had an apprentice and it all went to hell because his apprentice couldn't follow what she was told and then it went even further to hell when we saw saw four <laughs> like this no 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 good and, trilogy right then <laughs> we're going into another saw trilogy um, but this one starts with John on a table, uh, his throat and his skull are cut. Um, they're doing an autopsy. This was, um, pretty much, uh, gore galore. I mean, they, this movie started right off with, you know, peeling, uh, um, the scalp off mm -hmm. the skull. Ugh. Uh, sorry guys these movies are so boring but <laughs> boring the, the, <laughs> the skin off the the scalp off the skull and peeling his face off cutting open his uh skull ripping open his stomach to and i'll find a tape later on in the movie in the, the contents of his stomach and it's you know covered in wax and it was for me it seemed very much by the end of the movie I realized what they were doing with that that gory beginning, and it was a hook 'em quick before they realized this movie sucks. And that's <laughs> it's kind of what it was. Um, Brenda's trap, I really enjoyed though. She was the one that was um, her hair was tied in this uh, pole, and mm -hmm. the pole was cranking and it was basically pulling her scalp off. Mm -hmm. That was actually pretty damn cool by the end. Um, okay, um, I'm gonna take a little moment here to apologize to everyone. This is not going to be our best work and i'm going to apologize again at the end of this episode in case you you got bored and you skipped forward um you, you're going to notice a bit of a cut there and it's it's basically i watched these movies uh, a few weeks ago and been trying to uh, kind of get on the same page with with ian so we can kind of collaborate and either i've been extremely busy or he's been really busy so it's kind of uh, fallen backwards and this is not going to be our best episode and i hate to say that you know three episodes in but um promise guys this is going to get better but like i'm looking over my notes and i'm even confusing myself here um 
we find cop Allison from part three. Brenda's trap hair pulling scalp off. Now she needs to kill the detective. I, I What am I saying? First trap, the chair he put the guy from the clinic into. Uh, best thing I've seen happened to Wahlberg. Two blocks of ice crashed down, crushing his head. Trust no one. That's that's my notes on this movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's everything I wrote down on this movie. And to be honest, the only thing that really does stick out of my head was Brenda's trap. You know, cranking the, the scalp off. And then the... Um, uh, uh, Donnie Wahlberg standing on that block uh, of ice and when everything finally comes to an end those two giant blocks of ice come down and crush his head and it just explodes everywhere Pop. that was that was it <laughs> let's let's move on because seriously guys I just let this is probably going to be one of our shortest episodes too because none, neither one of us really like this this set um, Saw 5, uh, this whole series is just a testament to copycats at this point. And that's pretty much what it is. Uh, John has been dead for a while now. We see that in the last one with them cutting open his face, but there's people just copying him left and right. Um, it's, it's pretty much, uh, less about the traps and the punishment and more about the backstory and the recap really, uh, for Saw 5, which was fine. If you could make it through to five, you know, and if you were invested into this, and a lot of you are, I please, I encourage you guys, don't take offense to this. Reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook, any of any of our social media platforms, and let us know why you liked it. Help change our minds, you know. I or, I can tell you, you're not going to change my mind, but but give me your point of view. <laughs> Just like I'm not going to change your mind. I'm not going to. There's no way I can intelligently convey to you how much this movie sucks to me um so but tell me why you think it's great i mean i'm sure we would love to to read it um but by this point in time we're realizing that there's nothing really new there hasn't been anything new in this series since part two and even part two i can do without i would much rather have just part one and end it at that point um we also find out that officer mark hoffman by this point has been part of this this whole uh, continuing storyline from the beginning uh, we see some back uh, story cuts with him um, and this I think you know what I'm sorry there was something new with this one um, John was wrong at this point because John has pretty much had this whole thing laid out even all the way through Jigsaw John has played a hand and played a part in it and has planned for it and had these plans laid out and ready to take effect. But one thing that he didn't plan on was in this one, Strom was supposed to survive. He was supposed to be the one uh, to, to carry on. He was the guy, um, you obviously are going to know who I'm talking about. Oh, God. Luke from uh, Gilmore Girls. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's this uh, agent, and he's been working the, the um, jigsaw... Uh, a story for a while scheme yeah so i mean he john knew about him even though i think he came in after john died so i'm not quite sure how john knew about him i think i found a loophole a plot hole but anyway um yeah, he john had it set up that strom was going to live and he didn't he actually um died by the end of part five here so so yeah, he, he died, Hoffman actually killed him, and this kind of sets it up for, for going into the next series. Um, that was a nice twist. I thought that was pretty good. I was watching from then on to see 
how this is going to affect the rest of the game, what John would do. And it was a little disappointed to find out that it really didn't change the course of anything. You know, um, he expected Hoffman to die. He expected Strom to, to win. But we find out later that, I think it's in Saw 6, that um, he still had planned up for it by having these envelopes delivered to uh, his wife. Mm-hmm. But the last envelope was about Hoffman, even though he expected Hoffman to die in five and Strom to live. So at, there's no continuity in that aspect. And I think they, they try to explain it by going back and filming something that's going to be a flashback scene. And it just, it at this point, things are starting to fall apart for me. And it, they they fell apart a long time ago. So Sam, proud you made it this far. Right. Um, but Saw 6... Uh, I actually liked it, it delved a little more into um, John's backstory about his cancer and how he his uh, he knew the CEO of the the insurance company that he had um, and how they dropped him when he wanted to go try this experimental uh, treatment and and so on I, the the opening trap was fantastic too the, the two people locked in the room and they're explained uh, they're told that they have to cut off a pound of flesh to activate their freedom you know um and uh, the fat guy is like i've got this and i could say fat guy because i'm a fat guy but (laughs) the fat guy is like i've got this and he's grabbing his stomach and just hacking off chunks and tossing it in until she goes in and just decides she doesn't need an arm anymore (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) and you know what i it was fun to watch but again sitting back and looking at it from a critical eye I'm like, are you kidding me? She's not going to be cutting her arm off and you know, going side to side, side to side. You've got to smack that shit with a butcher blade. You know, <laughs> you, you need to hit that and hit it hard. Giggity. And, um, <laughs> so, damn it. That's habit. Um, but anyway, uh, Hoffman pretty much takes over at this point. He bumps John's wife, Jill, from the game. Um, he kind of takes over everything. And we find out that, that uh, Jill has actually been playing a, a lot in this. Even though she didn't agree with John in the beginning, um, she didn't want him doing stuff like this because it put everything at risk. But um, they, they kind of... She ended up going with it. Um, now, the uh, insurance salesman, the, the CEO, William Easton, um, he now has to, to choose at one point between... Um, his file clerk, uh, Alan, and the secretary, Addie. And it's uh, the file clerk, Alan, do we let him live because he um, has nobody and um, he's just a blip on the radar. No one's going to really miss him. No family that anyone knows of. Or does he have to choose Addie to die? And even though Addie, I remember correctly, she's like a smoker and she's this, and but she's got family and she's got loved ones that care about her. And um, William chooses her over um, Alan. And it, it's, I understand what John's doing at this point in time. He's showing him that, you know, you can't make a choice just because you can't kill her just because she's a smoker because so many people love and care and depend on her. And this other guy is a nobody, you know, as, as far as you know. He's a nobody. He's just a blip. Nobody cares. Um, so anyway, William ends up choosing Addie. Uh, she's left standing on the platform with a barbed wire noose. Okay, fantastic. He let her live. Then he runs off to the next room. 
What happened to Addie? She, she lived. Uh-huh. And, yeah, that's, that's all I got. Do you really consider, you know, life on a platform with a barbed wire noose living? Uh, could be worse. I mean, it, it could be worse. Yeah. Uh, it could be wrapped around your... Hoo-ha. Don't. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, congrats. You're alive, Addie. You know, wonderful. Um, good luck getting out, though. I'm on to room number two. <laughs> you know, so... It, it, he was clearly playing the prices right. He had to move on. Commercial break was coming. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Now, uh, through this as well, we we seem to see that uh, John knew Hoffman was a jerk and kind of set him up. Uh, but how? How did he know? You know, that's that thing I was talking about before. Um, there's, uh, we see little clues that he was, he knew John was going to be a, a dick. You know, the way he kind of, he was carrying that guy in the wheelbarrow and then just dumped him out onto the ground. And John told him, careful, that that is a human. That That's a person. And you're treating them like garbage, basically. Um, but it really didn't affect the rest of the story, you know. And that's that's my biggest issue with these uh, movies. They're they're big in, hey, here you go. Uh, here's some great flashy kill scenes. Oh, guess what? This ties to you know something that happened three movies ago. Woohoo! Wow. Don't pay attention to every glaring other plot hole that we have in this movie. Look how it ties to part two. Yay! It. I don't like it. What? Oh no! I was applauding with you. Oh, for the hooray! <laughs> and, and same thing. We we go into Saw 3D. Shoot me now. We go into Saw 3D, <laughs> um, and it's it's a pub, public demonstration of a trap. Um, but here's my question, and this is what gl- was a glaring problem in Thirteen Ghosts for me. Um. Nobody Why? saw you set this trap up. It is a giant glass room building thing that you set up with uh, multiple electric saws, uh, three bodies, uh, a puppet, and a tricycle. <laughs> and nobody saw this going up. Oh, this is a really bad episode of Pee Wee's Playhouse. Right? I don't know. I it. That opening segment was more comical than anything else. It, it, <laughs> it didn't scare me. It didn't make me go, ooh. Uh, I laughed at the two guys fighting over the chick. Ugh. And then the room full of survivors. Addie was there. Uh, she Dr. Got Lawrence out. was there. Yeah, how did she get out? I, <laughs> we have no idea. Um, <laughs> the chick with the half an arm. I Please, please, tell me. Tell me you liked something of this movie. I liked all the characters from the previous ones walking out. That was kind of a cool homage. That's it. I, like I said, the bits and pieces I've seen have made it just worse and worse as this series has gone on. I almost said season as if there was another one coming. Uh, but I can't. There's nothing. It. I lost interest. I've tried. And like you know... My girlfriend is obsessed with them. She, I can name a kill scene. I can name a trap. And she's immediately, who was in the trap? Who designed it? What movie it's from? What part of the movie it's in? So on and so forth. What's going to happen? How you defuse it? Has everything down. And I just go, I was on Google. Sorry. <laughs> I've got so, nothing. 
So what you're telling me is she's essentially like the girl from Jigsaw, who turns out to be like infatuated with yeah, uh, with John. The crazy fanatic. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thanks for now scaring me. <laughs> All right, guys, again, to put this in, in kind of perspective, here's my notes for Saw 3D, which was Saw 7. Uh, public demo of a trap. No one saw this getting set up. Survivor Bobby set into another trap. Or is he? What the hell's happening? Room filled with survivors like Addie, Dr. Lawrence, Detective Gibson is an asshole. Crazy, crazy, <laughs> crazy, crazy. This whole, servi- this whole series... Cervix. Not nice. a single person jammed anything into the gear. Oh, yeah, here we go. Sorry. <laughs> Here's another question for you. This whole series, there have been traps that are gear oriented. Not a single person stuck anything in these gears. A wrench, a hammer, your own friggin' hand. Nothing? No? Anybody? No. No? No. No. All right. No. So we'll just keep going. Uh, <laughs> Let's see. Makeup was bad this run. Uh, rubber heads, nipples the same color as the rest of the body. Yeah, I, that's what I focused on. Nipples. Well. Nipples. Heh. Nipples. <laughs> I, I just I can't do it, guys. Um, and Jigsaw was even worse. We've talked about it throughout this this whole thing. Look, this episode is a severe waste of time for you guys. <laughs> it was a waste of time for us as well, to be perfectly honest. Let's let's just come right down to it. Not like you were gonna, you know, tell you anything you knew. Benefit or detriment? I hate it. <laughs> That's not my question. Benefit it, or detriment? Detriment. God, I hate it. Don't make me do this again. Detriment. Yeah, I know. I agree. I think um, even going three into this was too too far too far i mean i love the idea of a trilogy but um no i think it went too far so guys i i don't blame you if you shut this one off early uh just come back for our next episode i promise it'll be good we're actually going to go to our regular format next episode uh movie versus movie uh so we're gonna sit down i'm gonna um uh talk with ian and kind of get it all planned out and then uh keep an eye on the the social media sites uh facebook instagram twitter vero i may open up a facebook account for us again Uh, not facebook sorry myspace account uh we're going to cover all the platforms patreon uh we've got a page made but we're not live yet we'll let you know when we're live um and then we're going to uh we're going to end every episode now with a new segment where i'm going to uh quiz Ian. Damn it. And it'll be five trivia questions, which I want to say thank you to uh, Tommy over at Tomcat Trivia. Sent me a couple of hundred um, (laughs) trivia questions. Jesus. So, Ian, I'm going to give you your choice. Um, We have aliens, killers, monsters, witches and ghosts, walking dead, and that's it. I feel like I can do the walking dead one. All right. So... Oh, shit. We're going to ask five questions. I'm just going to take the first five. We'll work our way down. Okay? I don't like this. <laughs> At the beginning of the Walking Dead series, who is Rick Grimes' partner in the King County Sheriff's Department? Isn't it Shane? Yes. I High five. Really? Woo! <laughs> yeah. All right. That hurt my brain. Before he played Daryl Dixon on The Walking Dead... I- Norman Reedus was known for play, portraying the Irishman Murphy McManus along with his brother Connor in what 1999 action film? 
What in the heck? Uh, boo, no. Boondock Saints? There you go. High oh, five. Number it. two. Yay. All right. You're on a roll. <laughs> let's uh, let's kill that roll now. What is the name of the town that the governor lords over? I hate you. Nope. Oh, my God. That's not it, but I'll give you another try. Uh... Oh, my God. Rude. I'm supposed to get to the end of the song. <laughs> oh, what was it? I can't remember. It, Woodbury. God. <laughs> uh. All right, so that's three. Here comes number four. What is the name Carl gives to his newborn sister? He didn't give her Lilith, did he? Man, no one's named Lilith. So we'll start with that. That's from Judith. It was Judith. That's Judith. Right. That is correct. You are oh, right. <laughs> okay. I had Daryl's little ass kicker stuck in my head. All right. So we are three out of four. Are you? Do you think you can get four out of five? Totally. All right. Then we will go right to number five. Drum roll, please. This part, of, this part. This segment is actually so much better than us talking about. So <laughs> I'm loving it. All right. So number five, which character owned the RV at the beginning of the Walking Dead series that the group is still using, even though he's long dead? Dale. Exactly. Four out of five. Good I know job. that one. That death scene made me cry. You know uh, what? It, it it got me too. Um, it was not okay. I was I got actually attached more, to him. Yeah. I was, well, that's people talk. And maybe we'll do a Walking Dead episode at some point. But people talk a lot of times um, that the second you become a moral compass in the TV show, your you're time's done. done. It's finished. You saw that with Dale. You saw it with Herschel. You saw it with Carl. You saw it with um, Glenn. As soon as you became... um, The only one it hasn't happened with is Daryl. Yeah. And I think that's because so many... He's still always had that kind of disconnect. Yeah. When needed, he can still down and dirty, done, do what I need for survival. And so many girls like him, too, that if they... they Killed uh, him off the show, would be done. They, they went 60% of the audience, yeah. So, Well, even with that, Morgan is the only one that has tried to stick to his moral high ground. Oh, he went crazy. Yeah, he went batshit. Yep. So they still found some way to take him down. Yeah, yeah. now he's... Uh, tonight, as a matter of fact, for those of you that are looking at uh, time frames here, tonight is the premiere of Fear of the Walking Dead, and this is when... Um, the crossover. The crossover will start. Uh, so tonight's the season finale of Walking Dead, the season premiere of Fear the Walking Dead, um, until October. So, yeah. but anyway, folks, thank you so much for for tuning in. If you stayed all the way through to the end, man, you are a saint. Yeah. I didn't even stay. I think I walked back, got a couple snacks, right. some pizza. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, we got Ooh, pizza pe- downstairs. Oh, pizza. All right, guys. Anyway, thank you so much. Listen, I apologize for this episode being the way it was. I'm just happy to get it out of the way now. I'm really excited. We're going to start rolling out our regular format. I think it's going to be great. Um, don't forget, check us out. Add us on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, and Vero. We're also on Vero. Vero? Yeah, Vero. <laughs> um, look for us coming soon to, to MySpace and Patreon. Um and uh that's pretty much all i i have to say you know again thanks guys thank you